Hello and welcome to Over the Air Christian Podcast. This is the third and final part of the series on democratic freedom and moral homelessness. I've been talking about democratic revolt, law and civil obedience, and spiritual principle of governance through the Bible from Exodus chapter 32. Right at the clinch of freedom convoy, protest, and vaccine mandate, now into the third week in Canada, all between federal and municipal government and citizens. It is now February 19th, 2022, at the time of this recording. Vaccine mandate, so intended to resecure national economy, became a requirement for various industry workers, which prompted the protest demonstration that has now veered into a rhetoric for democratic freedom. Regardless of whichever side anyone is on, our values are being exposed. And depending on what side you find yourselves on, your values may be at odds with that of the others. Freedom of choice or sovereignty of the law, both of which are upright and noble values. There's a saying, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Leaders have a tough job ahead that they have to do, that they must do, and everyone else needs a job to do, regardless of vaccination status. Leaders have a tough job that they have to do, and everyone else needs a job to do. Without work, there is no means of living. This kind of survival instinct, tied to a demand by liberty, can also be seen in Exodus 32, as I explained from the previous podcast. In this final part, I want to lead into a biblical resolution of the aftermath, both for those who lead and those who follow. After all the protest, all the disobedience, all the death and economic losses and a daunting sense of tension and uncertainty in Exodus 32, how then are we to live as leaders and followers and remain obedient and faithful to God and Christ? How are we to lead as leaders the way God leads? And as followers, how are we to follow as the way God commands all of us to follow? There is still a lesson to be learned looking into the Bible again. Spiritual leadership is important because spiritual leadership is needed to produce spiritual followers. Since leaders naturally reproduce their own traits in their followers, that's the nature of discipleship according to Jesus. But more on that another time. When God led his people through Exodus, we can see God leads with promise and provision. Two things. God leads with promise and provision. When God led Israel out of Egypt and slavery into freedom, he promised. God promised them a land to call home. And he provided. God provided the law to live by, among other things both of which were things the people needed very much. A land to call home and a law to live by. Law and land, by promise and by provision. God's promise and by God's provision. Under God's leadership, when God leads, he leads with a promise and God follows through with his faithfulness. He did not back out on it and he did not abandon it. The leadership of God is faithful towards his promise. What he promises, he will accomplish. So great is God's faithfulness that he swears only to himself because there's no one greater for him to swear by. 
the promises God has made to his people, he led them through it step by step with provision. God called his people to travel to a good land through an inhabitable wilderness. This was not a simple test or demand. It was not easy to follow God's leadership into the desert. It wouldn't be easy for anyone at any time. And yet God protected and provided for his people all the way through with the means to obey his command to cross the wilderness. God provided bread and meat, even water from rock, all the way through in safe passage to the new land. God provided in such a way so that the people may be able to obey and follow towards his promise. Uh, you may even remember from Numbers chapter 11 that the people complained during the wilderness about not having any meat to eat. And in God's leadership, he generously provided. Yes, in hardship, the people complained and God provided generously. God leads with promise, not only a promise, God leads with provision in order for the people to obey his command. God issues commands from his rightful place of authority, but he also provides the means to obey. And God covered all the basic needs and generously more to meet their desires. No pun intended. This was reflected in God's leadership over his people through a terribly difficult time throughout the wilderness. This show us how God leads. Godly leadership promises with faithfulness and provides generously. The promises he makes, he's faithful to it. The provision that he makes, he's generous in it. That is godly leadership to be learned from the Bible. Faithful to promises, generous in provision. God's command isn't do this or else. God's command is often do this with my help. This is why Jesus sternly emphasized his provision by the Holy Spirit before passing on the Great Commission to his disciples. Jesus promised a provision before he commanded obedience. Throughout the Exodus, God did not withhold anything. God did not withhold livelihood or jobs or daily activities, even though there were natural limitations due to the circumstances because of where they were at for the time being. For the sake of a home and obedience, the people were in a desert wilderness. And due to that fact, nobody can just go for a swim in, like in a place of a public pool. Limitations. Limitations came with the territory for a time. Instead, God gave instructions on how to gather food, directed labor, provided manna and meat and so on. All this so the people can obey what God commanded them to do to keep going and to finally arrive at freedom in a land promised they could call home. By obedience and because of God, Israel of all people was a people who carried the sentiment, God, you keep our land, you are glorious, and thus we become free. This was the ultimatum from the Exodus, which Canadians must now be facing also. God, you keep our land. You are glorious, and thus we become free. When God provided the means for the people to obey his law and decree, 
There was no withholding, no negotiating needed, no threats either. God's good leadership was faithful, patient, forgiving, richly sufficient and generous and good for the people. We need godly leaders in every land, top to bottom in every sector of industry and companies, with promise and provision as means to obedience and never threats to withhold or threats to take away whether people or things or necessities. And God is still fair and just to the law for every punishment and yet gracious to restore even through death into resurrection. That is the basis of the Christian gospel. Yes, there is a gospel way of leadership and following. Yes, we need godly leaders everywhere, not just in governments, but also in institutions of every kind. Social, commercial, medical, educational institutions, we need godly leaders. Business owners, managers, bosses alike, even husbands and fathers as leaders to families, godly leaders everywhere. Faithful in promises and generous in provisions. Allowing ungodly practices to run rampant top to bottom is the very cause for societal decay of every sort in every corner. We need godly leaders. Be faithful to your promise with a generous heart in your provision. That is how we ought to lead. This is how God the Father in heaven led his people. As he is holy, we can also be holy like him. And what about the followers? Without obedience and without patience, that's how the people of Israel made the biggest mistake of all mistakes in the wilderness by manufacturing the golden calf. An object of idolatry, which as I have explained in the last episode, reflects the people's own needs and desires that became greater than their desire for God. Exodus 32 was a moment when Israel needed land and food and a workable way of life, which understandably is a very human and essential need, like jobs. But they were not patient about waiting on God's law, and they did not obey in waiting for Moses either. In spite of the tragedy that unfolded in Exodus 32, after all the sin and punishment, death and economic losses, what turned the situation around was the prayer of Moses. Still in Exodus 32, verse 30, the very next day, Moses said to his people, You have sinned a great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord perhaps, as in, not in 100% sure, without certainty, and according to Moses. What Moses said was, perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. Followers made mistakes, were punished, needed atonement and forgiveness, and Moses was there to pray for them. Moses understood something about all of us as followers. Followers need to be prayed for. We all need to be prayed for. And now we have someone even greater than Moses. For as great a leader as Moses was over God's people as servant to God, we now have Jesus Christ who atoned for our sins as a son to God. And it is by God's will that we are to be cleansed, sanctified or made holy through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ, his son, once for all, which is acceptable by God. So great is the atonement of Jesus that by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are cleansed and sanctified by him. At the opening of Paul's letter to Timothy, his disciple, he said, 
First of all, first of all, I urge. There's an urgency. I urge prayers and intercessions and thanksgiving are to be made for all people. All people. First of all, I urge prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving are to be made for all people. Leaders, governors, law enforcers, protesters, citizens, bystanders, everyone, pray and be prayed for. Everyone, fill your hearts with a desire to pray and be prayed for. A faithful follower who pleases God is one who prays often and often prayed for, that not only he and she may pray for others, but also be prayed for by others just as frequent. Prayer in the name of Christ is a heavenly following towards God. How we follow in heavenly things will most certainly inform how we follow in earthly things. So pray for one another and be prayed for to God in all your following. There will always be leaders and followers. Not everyone is a leader, but everyone is a follower to someone. God alone is above all. Where there is no God, there will be idols and evil of every kind springing forth from the hearts of men. It is right of followers to examine God's good law with an obedient heart every day, all the time. There's 150 Psalms in the Bible, all of which full of emotions and wisdom. And yet the very first line of all the Psalms says this, Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take path where sinners walk or sit among or sitting with scoffers who belittle others. But their delight is in the law of God. And on his law, they meditate day and night. Knowing how good is the law of God and living in it, that's where happiness is. The times are difficult, be it wilderness like the Bible described or the pandemic with economy and quarantines and mandates and new normal. Be patient and during this way of life and be obedient for as long as you can and pray that God will help you with provision to obey. One day God will judge both leaders and followers alike because he is God above all. So do well in your part to follow prayerfully and patiently obedient. And do well in your part to lead just as well. Be you business owners or industry leaders, faithful to the people and with generous and compassionate provisions for those you lead. God is neither absent nor blind. He is in the right to punish every sin anytime. He is just very, very patient for us to listen and repent from a change of heart. My prayer begins with praise, my declaration to say, Lord God, you are good. As the good teacher Jesus says, God, you alone are good, perfectly good, without any flaw or fault. Your own law reflects your perfect holiness, unlike ours. Good law we break and bad laws we attempt to legalize. We have fooled ourselves and made fools out of ourselves. We've become a generation that is unclean in our bodies, unsound in our minds. God, we need your forgiveness and we need your loving embrace. How wonderful you are, Jesus. 
to reach out to a leper and even let a skeptic hold your hand that was punctured. God, I pray that you forgive us when we are given the power to make laws, we make the worst law possible that only make our own lives worse. Lord, we betray you. We betray ourselves. In fact, in the first place, all we needed from the beginning is to follow your Son, Jesus Christ, Word made flesh. But we have failed many, many times, for generations even. Have mercy over your people, O God. If no one else is praying this, then Lord, hear me pray. And if anyone is praying with me, then let them say Amen. And you are the only one, the only God, who takes us back the way you do. You set your perfect law with perfect justice, set to punish us to die for every vile sin and lawless thought we ever commit. You are the only one, Jesus, who can sinlessly bear our punishment for us. You are the first and only God to be raised, living in resurrection. You have proven to us our sins can be forgiven. You are the God worthy of our love. That you have pardoned us, else we are already condemned, from countries to countryside, companies to commodities, from homes to homelessness. Lord, that you must pardon us, else we remain condemned. Forgive us in our countries and our states, our churches and our leaderships. Forgive us, I beg you, in whatever ways we have ever mistreated or misjudged by your law. And if any of us are still blinded by pride to our own sins and faults, open our eyes to our own shame, the sorry state that we are in. I don't want us to lie. We have sinned. And I don't want us to cheat. Our own laws are no good compared to yours. Lord, I ask that you be patient with us for every person with confessing heart, ready and willing to repent. Out of our personal self-reflection, open for us a way out of sin. Soften our hearts and take our feet and go in it. Narrow is the gate to you, O Lord, but bright is your light above it. Grant us a clear heart and open eyes to follow in it. Jesus, on behalf of those in one accord with me in this matter, I love you, Lord. Lord Christ, teach me in what to obey, because you have made your Holy Spirit available to me. So for our Father in heaven to be pleased, teach us your laws all over again, a holy law of faith and raise a generation new and old to live by your law, according to your goodness, faithfulness, and generous compassion. You are gracious God. Amen. This is Over the Air Christian Podcast. Thank you. Mm-hmm.